Hey, whatever. You are now tuned in to the Growing Gardenias podcast, a podcast created to bring you insight on mental wellness and self-help. Always remember you are still growing and still learning daily and you are lovely. Subscribe for weekly gems. Gardenia blessings to each of you. I'm your host, Niara Jasmine, and this is episode 47. Let's talk about suicide. Welcome back to another episode of the Growing Gardenias podcast. It has been a minute. Before I start this episode, I want to give a trigger warning. We're going to be talking about suicide and suicidal ideation. I also want to preface this episode by saying if you or someone you know is thinking about suicide or if you need emotional support, the National Suicide Prevention Line is available 24-7 please call 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. If you're in New York, you can reach out to NYC Well for support. You can text WELL, W-E-L-L, to 65173, or you can call 1-88-692-9355. You can also chat with the counselor on their website at nyc.cityofnewyork.us. Lastly, if you or someone you know is in immediate risk of hurting themselves or in immediate danger, please call 911. With that being said, let's get into the topic. This is really hard to discuss, but that is what Growing Gardenias is all about. You know, it's important to normalize talking about these things because one, it's really way more common than we think. And two, talking about it is the only way to reduce the stigma. So before we start, like officially, I just want to let you know, if you don't know this already, we do not say committed suicide. Suicide is not a crime. We say die or died by suicide. So if you hear someone saying committed suicide, which a lot of people do because that's just how it's referred to, correct them and say die or died by suicide. Also, if at any point in this episode you feel overwhelmed, please turn this off and take a break because this is heavy and it does take a lot to hear. It also takes a lot to talk about. So I'm happy to be doing it with my community of supporters, my Gardenia Gems. So I'm going to be discussing the aspects or levels of suicide, my own story with my struggle with suicidal thoughts and how we can help ourselves or our loved ones struggling with this. I was reading a book by Dr. Rita Walker called The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health, and she researches suicide and suicide prevention among African Americans. She talks about there being different levels regarding suicide and suicidal ideation. So level one is suicidal thoughts slash ideation. So this is where people are just thinking about ending their lives or thinking about wanting to die, or it can also be someone no longer having the will to live or a more passive thought would be someone who may not specifically be thinking of ending their life but may also be content with not waking up the next day or something happening to them like they wouldn't care so this is really serious because if someone is even thinking about ending their life they are in an extreme amount of pain And they may feel like there isn't any other option. So most of you know, but if you're new here, welcome. I'm a survivor advocate. And so when I have clients, I always, always, always assess for suicidal thoughts or ideation because at any point, these thoughts can escalate to the next level. And we wouldn't want that. We don't want the thoughts there to begin with. But let's be real. It happens. People think about ending their lives. People actually do end their lives. It is a very normal thing. It is a very common thing, unfortunately. So level two would be having an active plan. 
This is the point where people might be thinking about different ways to end their lives or doing research on what they can do. For example, painless ways to die or discreet ways to die or things like that. It could also be them scheduling out a day or a specific time in the day or making sure that they'll be alone or drafting um, a suicide note. All of these things fall into what we consider a plan. And when there's a plan, it doesn't necessarily mean that it will escalate, but it can escalate to level three, which would be a suicide attempt. And this is when it has escalated and someone has tried to intentionally end their life. There are also subtle ways people might be trying to end their life. For example, if someone is sick and they refuse to go see a doctor or if someone is overeating or if someone is purposely doing things that can cause harm to their lives, those are also attempts. They're not your typical or they're not what you would think of where when you think of suicide, you think of perhaps someone hanging themselves or someone like cutting themselves or shooting themselves, some type of harm. But there are other ways that people can attempt to end their life. And at this point, it doesn't matter which way it is. At this point, if there's an attempt made, they are more vulnerable to attempting again in the future and they need ongoing support. I've had clients who have had suicide attempts and honestly, just frankly speaking, it's the scariest thing ever because you don't know what they're thinking on any given day, how they woke up feeling. You just don't know. So like literally every time I speak to them, I have to assess for safety, even if I just spoke to them 30 minutes ago, because your feelings can change in 30 minutes. You can be fine and then you cannot be fine. And it's like, If they're having active thoughts about harming themselves, I have to know and we have to make some sort of safety assessment or some sort of safety plan because the thing about people who are suicidal is you really don't know. Like there's no indicator that someone is suicidal. You really might not ever know. And to me, as a person, as an advocate, as a friend, I find that really scary. And that's not our fault that we don't know. People can hide their pain really, really well. That's why I always say like lead with love and I'm actively trying to do that myself because someone who's suicidal or having thoughts may not necessarily be walking around depressed or sad or openly saying, hey, I don't want to live. You know, they may look happy. They may be smiling. They may be carrying on how they normally would. And you literally would just never know unless they come out and say it or unless something happens and it's too late. And now, you know. I feel like I'm a perfect example of that because at various points in my life, I've had very, very, very low moments. And I usually suffer from seasonal depression during the winter months, like very, very badly. And I remember, full disclosure, you guys know I'm transparent. I remember maybe it had to be like three years ago, I was at one of the lowest points in my life. And I remember I just had so much going on emotionally and just in life in general, and I couldn't handle it. And I remember breaking down because I came to like the scary realization that I did not care if I lived or died. And it's like to step outside of your thoughts and think about ending your life. It's it's scary. Like it's very scary. Um, Because it's like you don't really want to die, but you just feel like the pain 
is too much. And that's how I felt. Like, I didn't really want to die. But I felt like in that moment, hmm, I don't necessarily want to be alive because I just feel like the pain that I'm experiencing, I cannot handle. And when you are experiencing this, you don't want to talk about it and you don't want to talk to people because you feel like a burden and everybody's going to tell you, oh, you're not a burden, you're not a burden. And that does help. Don't get me wrong. That is helpful. But I personally felt like a burden and I also didn't want to worry anyone because obviously people that care about you are going to worry if you feel suicidal because they love you. And I honestly don't remember if I told all my friends or who I even confided in because how do you even say, hey, I hate my life. I hate myself right now and I want to die. Like, how do you say that? You can't just walk up to somebody or call somebody up and say that. Like, that's really hard. It's also really hard on the person because it's like you don't even know the things that you're experiencing or battling and why you feel this way. So to have to explain it to someone else is just really hard. That's also why I say people who are suicidal don't have a look because, listen, I was depressed. I was literally at my lowest point. But I was still going to classes. I was still going to work. This was pre-COVID. I was still hanging out with people. I was still on social media. I was still going out and drinking. I was I was my normal functioning self. I was my normal Niara. You wouldn't think anything was wrong. But at night, I was crying myself to sleep because I wanted to end my life. And I felt so guilty and I felt like I couldn't really tell anyone. I did have a couple friends who I have known for over 10 years now who did notice that I was not myself just because we've been friends for so long. They know my body language and they know how I am and they know that something was off. But I remember my breakdown was one day, literally I was home and I remember I was in class. So I was getting my master's. And I had to go to lab later on that day. And I remember just breaking down, like just, it was like that dramatic, like silent sob that you see in movies. It was, it was just like a lot. And I started just crying, which then turned into hyperventilating, which then turned into a panic attack because I was thinking to myself, okay, this is it. Like, I don't want to be here or be alive. And I was scared. Like, I was scared of myself. I was scared of what I was going to do. But I was also battling myself. I knew that I didn't really want to end my life. I knew it was my pain that was so overwhelming and overbearing that was making me feel this way. But I did want to end my life at the same time. I just felt like, you know what, it would be better if I just wasn't here. And I remember I texted my mom. She was at work. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm having these thoughts. I don't want to hurt you, but I just don't think I can do this anymore. And, you know, imagine you're a mom and you freaking get that text from your kid. Like, that shit is really scary. And I just remember she called me from work and literally talked to me for like three hours. And then I felt even worse because I'm like, oh, my God, you have to go back to work. She's like, I don't care. I don't care. She's like, I'll come home right now. And I was like, no, you don't have to come home. But I remember I just cried and cried and cried and screamed and cursed. And she just listened. And she told me how much she loves me and how important I was. And I just needed that. And, you know, all that pain that I was holding had finally started to come out. Because deep down, I knew I did not want to die. I just didn't. But I was in so much pain that I was really willing to take my life. Now, I did not have a plan. I didn't attempt. 
I don't know what I was going to do, but I just knew I was having these feelings like, wow, I really could care less if I die or not, which is scary. And, you know, after that, I felt better. I felt a little better. And I feel like my mom really saved my life. And then my mom helped me find a therapist, which did not last very long because y'all know how I feel about being black, having a white clinician. It's just not my thing. She was great, though, just not for me. Um, But I did find a therapist. We talked a little bit and I just started having open conversations about my thoughts and my feelings because let's face it, suicide, suicidal ideation, it's scary. It's scary to experience. It's scary to think about. It's scary to talk about. It's scary to wake up one day, look in the mirror and want to die. That is scary. And I guess until you experience it, which I hope no one is experiencing now or has ever experienced or will ever experience, it's a very scary feeling. And I say that it's scary just because I was scared because I was looking in the mirror and not recognizing the person who I saw looking back at me. And I'm like, who is this person? Like, what happened? You know, when did my life become so unbearable that I want to end it? Like, to me, that's scary. That that scared me. But talking about it normalized it for me. And I really needed that. And there were other moments that I would have thoughts here and there. The last time I had thoughts like this was February of last year in 2020. And I only know that because I was going through the notes app on my phone And I literally found a note that says, I'm feeling like I don't want to be alive again. Like, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's a little personal and heavy, but that was the gist of it. Um, And I keep it as a reminder of how far I've come because I haven't had any thoughts about harming myself or not wanting to be alive since then. So basically in a year. And it's like you would never have known that because I look very put together. I look like I have my shit together. I look like I'm fine all the time. But it's like you don't know what people are going through. You don't know things they experience. You don't know what traumas they hold. You just don't know. It's like people are living lives that we really know nothing about. Social media is not real. Like what people portray on social media is literally not real. And they could look the happiest on social media. Everything could could be like peaches and cream on social media. And they want to kill themselves. Like you, you literally just don't know. If someone is out there listening right now, if you are feeling suicidal, if this resonates with you, first things first. Please, 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 please reach out for help. The National Suicide Hotline is available 24-7. The number is 1-800-273-8255. There's also a crisis text line. You can text SUPPORT to 741-741. They're also 24-7. And advocates are available to help you with whatever it is that you're going through. You can also reach out to a trusted friend. You know, I shared some of my thoughts with people I could trust and... You know, there's no training on how your friends can help, but just confide in people who you know won't judge you, who try to be understanding. And if you are in immediate danger, meaning if you're thinking about harming yourself or ending your life, call 911, please. Your life is so valuable. Your life is so worth it. Also, hear me when I say you are not a burden. You are not a burden. If you're listening to this, I'm telling you, you are not a burden. Say it to yourself. I am not a burden. And trust me, I get it. You might feel like a burden, but you're not. 
Why? Because people care about you and people love you. And they may not know how to best support you in the moment, but the fact that they're trying and learning and willing to learn and willing to try is because they love you. It's because they care about you. It's because you are loved and your life is worth living, even if it doesn't feel that way right now. And I'm not just talking out of my ass. I've experienced this. Trust me, I understand how it feels. I understand how hard it is and how heavy it is to hold these things. But there's nothing wrong with you. You are hurting. You are in pain. And sometimes our pain can feel unbearable. And we feel like not being alive will be the best solution. But that's not true. That's not the best solution. Living your life is the best solution. Because at the end of the day... There's always a solution and you might not see it because things are hard and you're not focusing on that right now. You're focusing on your pain and I get it, but there is a solution and it does get better. So also don't minimize your experience. I feel like I always hear people say, oh, people have it worse. Oh, this person has has a harder life than me. Like that does not matter. It doesn't matter at all. What you are going through is unique to you. Your feelings are valid. Your experience is valid. Let these feelings be there. Let yourself feel it. Talk about it, but don't minimize it. Minimizing it is just going to make you feel worse because then you're going to feel like, oh, great. You know, people have it harder than me and I'm still sad and I'm still depressed and I still want to kill myself. Why? Why? Why do that to yourself? Your pain that you're feeling is valid. It is valid. If you're feeling suicidal, another thing you can do is make a safety plan. I recommend making a safety plan with a professional. Um, So your therapist, or if you don't have a therapist, you can call a crisis helpline or some type of crisis center and they have advocates trained and ready. But, you know, if you want to make a safety plan with someone you trust just to have between the two of you, between you and your loved one, learn what your triggers are or the signs when you are about to go into crisis mode. They might be different each time, but generally from what I've seen, they're kind of consistent. Um, Come up with like self-care activities that you can do when you get these thoughts. For example, some of my clients, we do a grounding exercise. They'll call our helpline and one of our advocates, either me or one of my colleagues, will walk them through some breathing techniques and some grounding exercises to level them out. Um, Also, keep a small list of safety contacts, whether that be crisis centers or loved ones who you know can be available when you call them. Keep your home free of anything you can harm yourself with so that weapons, any sharp objects, and it's not that you're policing yourself, but it's just that we we want to be safe, you know, and when you're in crisis mode, you're not really thinking about anything else besides the crisis at hand, which is that you f- you're feeling your pain. Also, if you can avoid drugs and alcohol as these can enhance your feelings to harm yourself and the thoughts that you're having. And like I said, we want to keep you safe. You can also schedule daily activities, small tasks to get you through the day. Like one of the things we like to do with our clients sometimes is we'll give them like a small to-do list for the day. And just them focusing on these specific tasks for the day takes their mind off of, you know, the other thoughts that they're having. Also remember, your emotions change. How you feel today might not necessarily be how you feel tomorrow. 
And don't keep your feelings to yourself. Talk about it. And if it's too hard to talk about it, which I get, write about it. Let it out somehow. Cry something, but let it out. And just also know and keep in mind, literally things will get better with time. I know that's so cliche and I know people always say that. And I know sometimes it sounds like bullshit, especially when you're going through what you're going through, but it literally will So if you are a person who is currently having any thoughts of self-harm or you're feeling suicidal or you're having any suicidal ideation, please know that your life matters. Please know that you are worthy. Please know that your life is worth living. Please know that you are powerful. Please know that you will get through this. And if you don't have anyone to talk to and you don't want to reach out to one of the crisis lines or the helplines, please feel free to reach out to me. Please do not hesitate. Don't hesitate at all because your life matters. And I'd rather you talk to somebody than feel like you have to hold all this by yourself because you don't. I promise you don't. So if someone you know or your loved one or your friend or your partner, whoever is suicidal, Some ways you can help is one, listen to them and don't judge them. You know, don't minimize or dismiss how they're feeling. You know, don't say things like, oh, people have it worse or just that's not helpful. That's really not helpful. You know, you can say something like, I can't imagine how painful this is for you. And I'm sorry that you're experiencing this. I would like to try to understand. I would like to try to support you. You know, remind them how special they are and how loved they are and let them know that they are not a burden. They might still feel like a burden, but you make sure you let them know that they're not a burden, regardless of what they think. You know, recognize some of the person's warning signs. For example, language. If somebody is like, oh, it would be better for everyone if I wasn't here. That's a red flag. Or if they're isolating themselves, try not to leave them alone if you can. You know, or if they're increasing their use of drugs and alcohol or risky behaviors, those are all red flags, you know. And if this is your loved one, you should be encouraging them to seek professional help and also offer to find them professional help. Because sometimes it takes a lot to even go on, go on the computer and type up, oh, therapist, blah, blah, blah. Like that takes a lot. Or to dial a crisis hotline or to text a crisis hotline. That's a lot for someone who is already overwhelmed with everything that's going on. That is a lot. So just be there to help them with that. And don't be afraid to ask them, hey, how can I support you? What do you think would make you feel better? What can I do to help you through this moment? You know, another thing is be direct. Ask about suicide. Hey, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Are you thinking about ending your life? We sometimes get scared that if we talk about it, it becomes real. Sorry to break it to you, but it's already real. The fact that they're having these feelings, these thoughts, it is already real. Whether you say it or not, it helps if you say it because we normalize these things. We make it feel like it is a common thing because it is. It is. It's not a taboo to have these feelings. A lot of people have thought about ending their lives before, unfortunately. You know, so we have to keep talking about it, keep having these conversations. Another thing you can do is help them with a safety plan. You know, what are they going to do when they feel this way? Who can they call? What activities can they do to take their mind off of these thoughts? You know, um, it could be something as simple as you giving a suggestion. That might help. Just make sure you're checking in with them and asking them, is this helpful? Because they'll tell you. They will tell you. And, you know, lastly, just to also wrap this up, 
remember that you are not responsible if something does happen. It's not your fault. Hopefully it doesn't, God willing, but it's not your fault and that is not for you to hold. The fact that you are supporting your friend or your loved one, you're showing up for them, that is what counts. You're doing your best. But, you know, unfortunately, if somebody does decide to end their life or harm themselves, you are not to blame for that. Just do your best. Your best is good enough. So that's all I have for today. If you guys would like to keep this conversation going, I would love that as well. People do need open spaces. Follow me on Instagram at Growing Gardenias. Join the community. Look out for daily gems and gardenia blessings to each of you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for giving me this platform to share my own experiences. And I hope that this helped someone. Thanks for listening.